Will the Reds really trade the Red Leader? What impact does all this trade talk have on Jonathan India? Where might he end up? It's hot stove trade talk on today's Aloha Friday live edition of Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to another Aloha live edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. He is Stephen Offenbaker, and we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to talk some Reds with us. We encourage you, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, and, and, and click that bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you because we will be with you all throughout the offseason, Lockdown Reds is, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every day, we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. Today, uh, Jonathan India trade rumors are heating up. We actually have a short list of three or four unnamed teams. The, we know that there's a short list. We just don't know who's on it. Uh, we're going to discuss who might be on it. We're going to look at an ideal trade that would involve Jonathan India. And uh, later on in the podcast, we will look at, uh, as today is the non-tender deadline, we will look at non-tender candidates on the Reds roster. Of course, it starts with Nick Senzel. And then, of course, with this being a live Aloha Friday edition, your questions and comments as we uh, as you drive the ship. Uh, later on in today's episode. Thanks for, so much for making us part of your day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And Steve, where we will start is with a tweet, another tweet from John Morosi. John Morosi has been talking a lot about Jonathan India. Don't know if it's the the J-O-N names like coming together on this one, but, you know, John Morosi's J-O-N, Jonathan India, J-O-N, whatever. Um, and and, and the, the newest tweet was Cincinnati Reds in discussion with three or four teams actively. Now, he also said in that tweet, a deal is not imminent. But that has been his position all along. Every single rumor that he tweets about this, the more and more that we hear this, how likely is it that we're going to see Jonathan India playing for somebody else next year? Well, there's a couple things to keep in mind. I, I mean, it's it, it's in my mind, it's a 50-50 coin flip whether or not Jonathan India is with this team on opening day. But but let's remember that much like you and I, Jeff, all of these people that cover baseball. Are, are out there just looking for things to talk about right now, looking for information, looking for something to be able to fill their content obligations. And a lot of these national guys have learned that you can throw a little spaghetti against the wall and, and hope that maybe a piece of it sticks. Right. And, and it's a safe throw to say, Hey, there's several teams talking to the reds about Jonathan India and all the qualifier is for that to be true is that a GM picked up the phone or during the course of a conversation at the meeting said, Hey, so you guys really looking to move India and there a conversation occurred between the reds and whatever team. Uh, that being said, 
I do think that if the Reds are actively looking to flip somebody for a piece that they are missing for 2024, we've talked about this. Jonathan India is the starting place that the Reds will want to start at. That's the one that will be, I don't want to say easiest for them to part with because that's not going to be an easy trade for anybody involved, but it is the piece that I think Nick crawl is more willing to let go and talk about trading than anybody else for sure. That's on the active roster or any of the other big name prospects that are still in the minors and haven't made their debut. Uh, Jonathan India clearly is the odd man out with the way the talent has developed in the way that the call-ups have happened. So that's the, that's the easiest trade plan wise for Nick crawl to make. So it's, it's just realistic for me that that's where this is coming from. Uh, that doesn't make it not true. And, uh, you know, I, I think conversations are being had around Jonathan India and probably, uh, trying to bring back an outfielder or a relief pitcher. When I think that Nick Crawl looks at this roster economically, we've talked about this before. And when you when you look at the economics of Jonathan India, he is the closest to his uh, years of control ending. So that would be the reason why he, the number one reason for me why he would be the easier player to trade out of all the young guys that make up this roster. But also, I find it interesting on the economical side where he falls value wise on the team. And the and where I go for this is baseballtradevalues.com, which I get it, I understand. There's a lot of feelings about that website, but look, it's it's like it's like Spock said in my favorite Star Trek movie, it's the beginning of wisdom, not the end. And it's a beginning of understanding for us when we look at the baseball trade values website. And what intrigues me the most about this, Steve, is that according to them. He falls 27th on the in the organization in trade value. They have his trade value at $7.7 million. That is actually right below the young phenom catcher that's in the bottom of the minor leagues right now, and Alfredo Duno, who the Reds just signed an international free agent last season. And he's right above, get this, a, a, a trio of players who are valued at $7.1 million in Victor Acosta, who is a minor league shortstop, Ricardo Cabrera, who's a minor league second baseman, and Stuart Fairchild. That means that he's comparable trade value-wise to Stuart Fairchild. So if this is the beginning of where we can understand how other teams look at him trade value-wise, this makes it very interesting because we think of him as a guy that you would have headlining a trade for a player like Dylan Cease. But according to this, you need a lot more. No, I I mean, I've said it all along and everybody's been a little mad at me. Uh, The Reds value Jonathan India way higher than anybody else in baseball values Jonathan India. That being said, um, a realistic trade partner can be found and and a realistic return that helps the team. I don't think that India alone is going to get you a power hitting outfielder that the Reds need. It's not going to happen. They're going to have to sweeten that pot, sweeten that deal. I think that Jonathan India could get you a decent bullpen arm Mm -hmm. to fill one of those two slots that they need to fill. Um, Now, that's going to make people mad. The fan base is going to be ticked off if the trade ends up being India for a reliever. I get it. I understand. Everybody loves Jonathan India. Uh, He was a a bright spot uh, during a time where the Reds were trying to make a move, trying to become a playoff team, and then really uh, was here for that that, that 100-loss debacle. So Jonathan India was a bright spot for a lot of people during that time period. 
Uh, all that being said, that's still the bright spot's not going to buy you more than anything else. It's going to be a relief pitcher if it's a straight up deal. Now we can talk about should they package him. We can talk about should you package Jonathan India with Chase Petty and go out and get mm. something better. Uh, but that's the conversation. That's the price. There's a great comment in the chat while we were getting ready, while we were dealing with that tech issue, Jeff, where they were asking, you know, what's uh, what's realistic trade market right now, uh, viewing what the Braves and the White Sox just did. Is the even the relief pitcher market, the price of relief pitchers, astronomical? And it might be. I mean, it really may be the only way you're going to go out and get somebody to fill these needs is to pay them in free agency. It's definitely tough to imagine. Like, I saw that Aaron Bummer trade go down, and it was a bummer, pun intended. Um, but part of that, I mean, all day, right? You've been waiting all, all day. day to be, yeah, all day. You don't even know. Like, that's part of the technical difficulties. I was just waiting to deliver that uh, pun. But no, um, and part of the deal was Mike Soroka, who's dealt with injuries for the last couple of years, but still, like, the Braves got one relief pitcher and they had to trade all those guys to get him. And even according to baseball trade values, bummer is rated at $1 million, which means that if the reds were to just trade Jonathan India for Aaron bummer, they would have overpaid for that deal. So there's a lot of weirdness going on with how the trade market is surrounding pitching. And it's starting to make me wonder, cause I have been saying that the reds most likely option of getting a top flight pitcher is through a trade. No, I'm not so sure. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I guess you might've said something about that. I don't know. Uh, but when it comes to how Jonathan India gets traded here, that's the important part is what are the reds getting back? Because this is not a deal where they have to get rid of them. So, so to say that, you know, oh, he's going to be traded. The important thing is what are the reds getting back? And if we're not talking about a need, if we're talking about prospects, that's going to be even harder to stomach than if they got a relief pitcher back. So that's the important thing here is not only is there rumors that he's going to be traded, but what are the Reds getting back in this? Because if they're not getting back something that is going to help them this year, as far as a need is concerned, Nick Crawl does not need to pull the trigger at all. No, and so and it's a hard spot to be in, right? So the segment's going to run along, Jeff, because you just hit on a whole thread. Um with with Nick Craw's plan, though, that's exactly how the plan's supposed to work. You right. trade the player while they still have plenty of team control to bring in the next wave of prospects so you can restock the roster for when you got to trade away the next guy because you can't sign him or you won't sign him or you can't afford to sign him or you Does that mean you sell low on the guy? So you don't sell low. But right. in, in the case of Jonathan India he alone can't fill the needs that the team has. So we've talked about the way this plan should work is you turn that roster and you free agent the band-aids. So yeah. when you look at the Jonathan India trade, maybe we are looking at it wrong. Maybe we do need to be looking at low A prospects that can come in and restock the system and stick with the, you go out and you sign two relief pitchers for five, $6 million each. We're going to have to move away from your starting pitcher idea because that's no. going to cost $3 million. And then you continue to churn. 
I, I mean, I keep coming back to this and I hate being the Nick crawl plan defender, but I feel like I have to do it because the plan is we're seeing the fruits of the plan. The plan is working. So I, I just, because we found some success early in 2023, I, I, it terrifies me that everybody wants to move away from the plan a little bit. I have a huge problem with that thought process, but I want to discuss it on the other side of, of what's coming up next because gotcha. it's, it's more than just a couple seconds, but yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, a, a Jonathan, a Jonathan India trade has to meet a couple of needs and it can't just happen. We can't just get something. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about more. All right. All right. Here's what we'll do. Uh, coming up, we're going to dig a little bit more into that because I think we unintentionally found a whole new topic and it's going to require a little bit of conversation. And today it's non-tender day. Uh, the deadline is this evening for the Reds to make a decision on a couple important contracts, uh, namely Nick Senzel. And we're going to dig into that as well. And we're going to do all of that coming up in just a second. Before I get to that, though, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast, and that is Jace Medical. Uh, you and I, we spend a lot of time talking. We spend a lot of time talking about wins and losses. We get fired up together uh, for a big play. We get fired up together for a David Bell bonehead managerial move. Uh, we spend lots of time talking about those things, but let's get a little bit more personal today because I want to talk to you about uh, medical needs, medical situations. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or you've been limited by yet another disruption in the supply train, supply chain, Jace Medical has you covered. Thanks to our partners over there, you can get life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications that can be ordered in a one-year supply. They even have ED generics for Cialis and Viagra. They've got everything you might need to keep yourself going when you need to. You can go online right now at jacemedical.com and receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember when you do that to use the promo code Locked On at checkout for a big discount as well. A verified customer that uses Jace Medical had this to say about the service. Quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half. I ordered most of my daily meds from them for a one-year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. The prices were lower than my local pharmacy. I highly recommend this for everyone. Close quote. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of your daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. Thanks as always for making locked on red your first listen every day. Every day is coming up next week. We are going to continue to go around the old ball yard position by position, breaking down the performances of all of our favorite reds and look at what we can expect from them coming up in 2024. But we still have a lot to talk about today. On this live Aloha Friday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast, it's non-tender day, Jeff. And normally that is not really a big deal. Uh, it's something to talk about. It's something to pay attention to. But it doesn't really have tremendous impact most of the time. Uh, this year, though, I think it really kind of sets a tone and charts a course for where the Reds might be going with this roster because uh, one of the big names involved is going to be Nick Senzel. And before we really get into uh, the Nick Senzel contract and do they non-tender him, what happens, uh, I would like for you to go ahead and flesh out that thought you were having there towards the end of the first segment uh, in regards to Nick Crawl and the plan and, and what we're doing trade-wise. Yes, because, okay, I do agree Nick Crawl has – has, has built this plan and he has really stuck to it over the last couple of years. And if that's what we're going to do, 
with Jonathan India and we're going to trade him for prospects, then you're absolutely going to blitzkrieg the free agent market and get all of your needs. There's not a situation where I'm going to accept a Jonathan India trade for prospects. And then all they do on the free agent market is get a couple of relief pitchers. They got to go out and get a starter. They got to go out and get an outfield bat. That's a need. This starting rotation is not deep enough as is. The starting rotation is not healthy enough as is until I can count on the health of these pitchers giving me more than 20 starts a season. I've got to have somebody who can. And if that doesn't mean that they're going to go out and trade for Dylan Cease, then they've got to go out and get somebody on the market that has averaged 30 starts or something like that for the last couple of seasons. They cannot go into this next season addressing some of their needs while also detracting from the major league roster to churn the farm system. This farm system is deep enough as is they don't have to go out and make it deeper. The Chicago white Sox right now are salivating at the depth of our farm system because they don't have any. And I feel like that is how you take advantage of a team like that. And you go get Dylan C's. All right. I need you to rank for me. Mm. The reds needs in order of attack in order of approach. What are the Reds' needs in order of what they should go get? Most important need, work your way down. And I know we disagree on this because it's starting pitching, bullpen, okay. uh, power, outfield, bat, preferably like lefty or right, maybe a righty, I guess, um, right. there. But yeah. They have seven pitchers right now, six pitchers, seven pitchers vying for starting rotation spots, of which there are five. That's two spare parts already, which can help the bullpen a little bit. For me, you go sign. Big, bad, bold, reliable relievers that help you every single day. You go get a power hitting right field, left field bat that can play every day. A right-handed batter that's going to mash at Great American Ballpark and give you help every day. Spending $20 million on a guy that pitches every fifth day when you already have at least seven starting pitchers. It just it doesn't feel like a need to me. That feels like a luxury. Do we want better starting pitching? Sure, absolutely. But we need a bullpen. We need a right-handed power bat in the outfield. We need those things. We don't need the luxury of Jason Verlander. That's a that's a that's a big expensive Christmas present that you hope to get that might show up in your stocking. I just I don't see it. I feel like Spending that much money in the free agent market on one starting pitcher that goes every fifth day is a luxury, and it's a deviation from what Nick Craw has told us the strategy is. And I just I don't know how the two philosophies mess up. Now, maybe I'm wrong, Jeff, and maybe you're right, and and, and they go and do it, and, and you're going to get to tell me I told you so every fifth day when some big stud takes the mound for the Reds and starts the game. But, but for me, in Cincinnati, for the last – 40 years of my fandom, this is not how they operate. This is not what they do. And, and maybe it needs to be what they do, but I just, I don't see it happening. I think it's much more realistic to think they're going to just stick with what Nick's saying. And I just, I don't know, man, like according to spot track, everything, and this is even including if they don't, if they non-tender no one today, their payroll is going to be like around $46 million. So to say that there's only a couple of things that they can hit off this checklist too. I also feel like that's folly because you could go out and you could get a decent starting pitcher. You could get your bullpen guys like Nick Martinez, let's say Matt Moore. And even if they went and they got Matt Barnes, um, 
or or Phil Maton, former Astros relief pitcher, you're still only spending 16 million on your relievers, those three guys. And then you're looking at maybe, I don't know, 12, 15 million for a starter. You're only adding 30 more million to the payroll. You're still below what the Reds have been in the last couple of years. And I feel like there's so much room for the Reds to be able to go out and make these moves, especially if you're going to cut you know, Nick Senzel off the roster, and we can segue into this for just a minute, you know, with this non-tender deadline, we, we've talked about this, his expected arbitration number is 3.6 million. And if we're thinking about it economically, you save that 3.6 million, throw it into the free agent budget or something like that, then that's a pretty nice deal. But I will ask you this, because uh, Wick Terrell, you know, a friend of the podcast over there at redreporter.com, tweeted this out earlier today, and I found it interesting because he said, feel like the Reds should keep Nick Senzel because he mashes lefties and he can play just about any position you need him to. And if you get rid of him, you're either going to force yourself to replace that position from in-house or go out and sign one on the free agent market, which is likely to be more expensive than $3.6 million. I don't necessarily know if that's true, but it's an interesting thought. The Reds already have the in-house replacement for Nick Senzel. And I'm glad we, we segued into this. I know we bogged down on that other thing. And folks, rest assured, I know it's coming back up when we go to your questions and comments. And this yeah. is probably a whole many more shows this offseason. We're going to be talking about this uh, until the Reds do what they're going to do. But as far as Nick Senzel, his replacement's already here. We've already been told it's Jose Barrero. Jose Barrero's on this team. He's the 26th man on the roster. He's going to play some in the outfield. He's going to play some in the infield. He is Nick Senzel, only Nick Senzel light, Nick Senzel that we ordered from Wish, whatever you want to call it. He's going to be on this roster. The Reds aren't moving away from him. Nick Crawl has told us so. Jose Barrero is on this team in 2024. In order to facilitate that, as him being the 26th man, you either have to be willing to give up the 25th man to keep Nick Senzel or you move on. And I think it's much more likely that you move on and you take the money, as you say, and, and pump that into the free agent budget to go put it towards an outfielder or uh, a pitcher because you've got Jose Barrero now that's your spare part utility infielder outfielder. Um, you know, I don't think even if you kept Nick Senzel, you're not looking for him to make a lot of starts. You're not looking for him to, to be in the lineup like that. You're looking at him as a defensive replacement, as an emergency throw in, as an occasional start for a guy to have a day off. Jose Barrero can be that guy for much cheaper. So uh, I, I just, for me, the writing's on the wall with Nick Senzel and I, I would not be shocked. I, I think I would be more shocked if we reach Saturday and Nick Senzel's still on this team, then I would be shocked that Nick Senzel's not on this team. And I think that, you know, you're talking about luxuries and so I think Nick Senzel's like a huge luxury because this team already has plenty of right-handed bats and if Jose, and then there's an, there's an element of hope in this, but if, if Jose Pereiro can at least become viable against right-handed pitching or against left-handed pitching, then you are talking about a guy who's making 775 K as opposed to $3.6 million. So um, I know we were kind of planning on talking about that a little bit more, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more as the show goes along. But with this being non-tender deadline, this turned very much into uh, what are the Reds going to do this offseason? Um, but it's um, welcome I, I to live. Welcome to live yes. podcasting. <laughs> Yes, and um, honestly, looking past Nick Senzel, I don't necessarily know that there are a lot of other candidates, and uh, we we can kind of get into that here in a minute uh, as far as non-tender uh, 
candidates go, but he's he's really the big one. I mean, for for what he was, for what he was expected to be, to what he turned into, to where now the Reds are looking to go, um, he's definitely the story when it comes to this day. And we will continue talking about that. We will also take your questions and comments because we are moving in to the part of the show that you drive here on this live Aloha edition of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here. We're, we'll jump into that coming up next. Before we do that, though, wanted to let you know that Locked On has created the first 24-7 live streaming YouTube channel. You look up Locked On Sports Today 24-7 on YouTube. We have a, it's basically like a television channel as we will run through all of the national Locked On shows and the biggest stories from our local experts. That's Locked On Sports Today 24-7 on YouTube. Subscribe right now. And Steve, um, before we before we jump into those questions, also want to tell folks you can follow us in between episodes. Uh, you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs on X or Twitter or whatever you prefer to call it. Um, Elon, whatever whatever it is. Uh, you can also join us on the Discord page. Uh, we've got a link down in the description there. Lockdown Reds Discord. Is hopping all year long talking Reds baseball. There was some reaction to the Aaron Bummer trade. I think most people looked at it and was kind of like, so it's an interesting trade. Well, we'll see how that works out for both teams. But also um, a new, brand new Sports Illustrated site for the Reds started, actually started on Wednesday. Uh, so this is now our third day of being live. It's insidethereds.com. Yours truly is a writer. I believe that Steve is going to join as a writer as well. And uh, so you can get our opinions in written form as well as hear what we're talking about, all about the Reds. And uh, hopefully we'll get us some um, uh, player chats and things like that going on uh, whenever it comes to the season through inside the reds.com looking forward to uh, covering the team even more so as the season gets into it but steve where are we starting here on this uh, q a segment all right let's we're going to circle back to jonathan india because grant fessel had a great comment uh way back at the beginning of the chat uh while we were working on getting the the tech stuff going uh he asks what impact if any do you think these trade rumors have on jonathan india if he sticks around for the 2024 season will he feel unwanted play with less heart or be less vocal due to the constant rumors this is a really good question jeff mm-hmm. and for me i think if you ask Jonathan India he will tell you no it's just part of the business I'm gonna do what I always do I'm gonna try and be a leader he'll say all those things all of that's crap the truth of the matter is yes it bothers him he wants to be in Cincinnati he wants to be part of what's going on with this team you see what's coming here in Cincinnati you see Mm -hmm. the talent growing and growing and growing this team is going to win a lot of baseball games over the next six years of course it bothers him Do I think he'll play with less heart? No, Uh, but I think it's going to have an impact on him, whether that's on purpose or not. It will impact his play just from natural human emotion. I think you almost can think of it like a video game or something. I think it's going to be like a multiplier on struggles. So like if he commits an error or if he has a strikeout or something, it's going to be in the back of his head like, great. I struck out on this at bat and oh yeah, by the way, they're trying to trade me or, you know, whatever. I, I do think this though, 
he really went through it. I mean, we talk about the rumors that happened in spring training, the rumors that happened in the middle of the summer. I think that he really started to learn how to deal with that kind of stuff this past season. So I don't necessarily know that it's going to be like an anvil on his shoulder. It'll still be a little bit of a weight, but I think he's learned how to deal with it a little bit and still be a productive major league player. But yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's like we always say, the, the chances of it affecting him are greater than zero here. It's probably not like a huge percentage, but definitely something that's going to weigh on his mind. All right. Here's a horribly great question. It is just awful and awesome question all at the same time. My clicker will work. Describe in Reds baseball terms the equivalent of Joe Burrow going down against the Ravens in possibly the season. <sighs> a similar injury to the Reds would be if the entire infield got hurt at the same time. If CES and Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz and Noel V. Marte all went on the injured list at the same day, that is the Reds equivalent as the Bengals losing Joe Burrow for the season. That's well, let's, I, let's even, so, so that's the hypothetical. Let's talk about something that actually happened. You go back to 2012, whenever Johnny Cueto got hurt, like that, that's, that's kind of where I think that compares because sure. I mean, you know, it's not like Johnny Cueto pitched every day, but we saw the effect on that uh, on the, on the giant series and all that stuff. And, that's not the reason that they lost that series, but it's definitely a huge reason um, why they they did not live up to the expectations that we had for them in the postseason. But no, I'm I'm with you. It's a little bit harder because I feel like one player going down in baseball is not anywhere near as impactful as a quarterback going down. Like, I mean, we talk about this anytime, and I remember early on, and our friends over at Locked On Bengals talked about this a lot during the preseason. Was like boy, this backup quarterback situation isn't that great. But let's be honest, the, the Chiefs, if their quarterback goes down, uh, any any team really, when their quarterback goes down, their expectations are shot. And if, if Joe Burrow has got to miss any amount of time, that completely changes the entire complexion of the, of the team's expectations. I don't know that there's any one player on the Reds that if they were to go down, like even if Ellie went down, I, I don't know that that's something that really changes their expectations all that much. No, it would take a lot. It would take a lot of red yeah. injuries all at the same time to have the same impact as losing a quarterback in the NFL. All right, how about this? This is fun. Uh, you guys are in the know, says Jake. Uh, any rumors about a possible uniform redesign or uniform throwback? This new era of Reds baseball should have a new upgraded look. Your thoughts? I would love some new uniforms. Listen, I thought the City Connect program that the reds rolled out last year was fantastic i thought the uniforms were great and you can tell by how the reds fans embraced it in the number of city connects you saw around the ballpark uh just how much of an impact that had that being said i don't see them completely moving away from what they have now uh the primary uniform i think remains the primary uniform i would love to see them redesign the red alternate do something a little bit different with that it looked very softball-ish right now. I'd like them to try and change it up a little bit. A throwback day. I loved it when they did the 150th mm, yes. anniversary season, and then every so often some old-timey uniform would show up. I think the Reds could use that as a moneymaker. I think that you know between the, the auction sites that they do with the game-used things and Reds Fest selling the game-used things and just what it would drive in – 
in merchandise sales from the website and the team store. It's a no brainer to me to have the throwback days every once in a while and roll out some old timey uniform. See, this is an interesting topic and I have, I have twisted and racked my brain on this a lot. I am very passionate about my belief that the Reds need a starting pitcher this offseason. I'm very passionate in my defense of Ellie De La Cruz and how he's going to break out this season. Uniforms really don't move the needle for me. Like I, I, I think they're fine. And as, as, as kind of a wet blanket as that is, like I know there's a lot of folks that feel strongly, including our friend Chad Dotson over at the Riverfront, about the drop shadow on the sea. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't bother me. I don't. I don't care. You just, like you just triggered Cam Cam Miller. You triggered him. He's twitching. I'm sorry, so Cam. I just don't like it. Just it doesn't. It doesn't bother me at all. Like I, 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 I like our. You know, in fact, I even kind of like the script Reds, which I know that you that you're not that big a fan of. But uniforms are never something that really bothered me too much. All right. Let's see what else we got here. The only thing that I thought about that was the city connect. I was just like, I've seen how other teams do it badly and I didn't want the res to do it badly. Mm -hmm. And I thought they did a really good job, which by the way, I did see on the red schedule. And I know today the, the single game tickets went on sale. The reds have a lot of cool promotions this year, including seven different games where they're giving out specific reds, bobbleheads of players wearing the city connects. So it's going to be like a, a new thing that they kind of add to the bobblehead market there. So I'm kind of and excited about that. Thomas Red is coming to town. And now yes, that I have secured that. my ticket to that, I'm going to preach that thing up. That's going to be a good time. Out yeah, of it's going to be a lot of fun. I like I, that. I, I bought one last night just before I talked about it so that I don't get have to listen to it from over at the taco joint. But <laughs> the ballpark is going to be full that night. That's going to be a fun game. Um, August 29th, I believe. Mike checks in and says that he thinks the bullpen can do the job as is Jeff, uh, but that they got overworked because the starters aren't left in past four or five innings to complete the job. Uh, need a power hitter that can hit for average. So this circles back to our starter bullpen outfielder conversation and uh, the bullpen as is obviously uh, Buck Farmer is a free agent. So there's going to be a move that has to be made there. Um, I don't know. Let's say they don't get a reliever at all. How upset would you be if they if if David Bell or or Nick Crawl walked to a microphone and basically kind of said what Mike is saying right here? You know, our bullpen performed well. Uh, they had to pitch a little bit more than we would like. We're going to address that, and we're just rolling with the bunch that we got. We think that this is a tremendous major league bullpen, and they've got us for the 2024 season. It would definitely depend on how they address the other areas of the team. But if they don't address the bullpen at all this offseason, there's no way they get an A for the offseason. Like, it would be the highest, I think, grade I would give them would be a B, and that would be if they got probably two starters, not even just one. Because you need to infuse this bullpen with some fresh talent. Like, I love what I saw from Fernando Cruz. I love what I saw at times from Daniel Duarte. And, and I'm purposely singling these guys out because these aren't the guys – that you're expecting to be the setup men like Lucas Sims and Ian Jabot and, and guys like that. And they're losing a setup man and Buck Farmer. So they've got to infuse this bullpen with talent, not necessarily like a Josh Hader, but I am, I am standing on a table for Nick Martinez. I want Nick Martinez, go get him. He fits this bullpen so freaking well, and he's going to help fix a lot of things that this bullpen doesn't do that well. 
namely keeping the ball on the ground and keeping the walks to a minimum. And I think that that's the kind of guy that they need to go get. But if they don't do that, if, if they don't do that, then they better be working like heck in a ton of other areas of the team. For the audio listeners, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Uh, for the video folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to keep going. For the audio folks, that'll do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. The rest of the Q&A will be a bonus episode in your audio podcast feeds coming up a little bit later today. But in the meantime, make sure you have clicked the subscribe buttons, the notification bells, so that you get to join us every time we do something extra, every time we drop a live episode, every time something happens, you will be in the know as well because you are subscribed. Join us on Discord as well so we can talk baseball with you. Hit us up on X or wherever else we're on social media. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll keep gathering up information and bringing it right back here to keep you locked on Reds every single day.